today, little Joshy's here. Today has the makings of a pretty awesome podcast. Special. Finally, Kyle Shanahan walks his candy ass into the <laughs> Sims and Lefko podcast and Fendrick's hey. back. And Sims had 10 pe- teeth pulled this morning. I did. Say Eight, it again. From, from five hours. Yes. From 8 a.m. to 1 p.m. Right. You've had a doctor or a dentist just pulling teeth out of your mouth. A fucking soldier, though. I'm here. Do you brush your teeth? How I don't do give you, a hell. How do you have 10 teeth missing, Kellen Winslow? Uh, that's right. I'm glad you picked up on that. I don't give a hell. I'm a soldier. Uh, I have messed up teeth from getting hit by a car when I was 12 years old. So I lost four and a half teeth in that accident alone. Wow. Uh, then I guess with bad cavities and whatever else, and just getting older, I had to get basically ten teeth replaced. I it don't see any hurts. teeth missing from your mouth. Well, where are they? They're there. These are temporaries. You have te- where the top ones? Yeah, the the, the dentist that you just said wasn't Jewish, and you said I wouldn't see a dentist that's not Jewish. <laughs> uh, no, this that's guy not what did I said. okay. <laughs> I named at least three other races right, you that did. I would like. You did. Let me see your top teeth. Oh, I'm man. trying to figure out how I, I want would to describe your face right now. Your cheeks are a little droopy and yes. puffy. I'm still Novocaine. Yeah. I still feel you, it. You just look silly. I do. And yeah. I I mean, my mouth hurts. It is episode 123, a.k.a. Michael Jordan. But do you have any NFL players for us Sims that wear 23 or wore 23? Uh, all right. So my bet, my friend Quentin Jammer came to mind. That's one of the first ones. It is. He went to Texas with me, 23. All right. So other NFL players that are 23. Melvin Gordon, 23? No. no. He's not. No. Damn, wait, hold on. There's, they are really letting the music yeah, breathe. Yeah, Stymet's going heavy on the Desmond music today. Desmond Trufant? Uh, there was a Trufant, Marcus Trufant. Oh, Marcus was Let me rip through this. Running backs in the league, Jay Ajayi, oh, Frank Gore. Uh, defensive backs, Joe Hayden, Darius Slay, Demarius Randall, Robert Alford, Micah Hyde, Terrence Newman. Robert Alford. Legendary. Yes. Uh, Rodney McLeod, Mike Mitchell, D'Angelo Hall's been a hell of a 23-2. Baller. Uh, and I think Patrick Chung, a.k.a. the proof that Bill Belichick is an incredible defensive mind. Anywhere he goes, he stinks. Comes that, back to the Patriots. That's He's a pretty great. good 23 list, actually. Former all-time uh, 23s, Ronnie Brown, Arian Foster, Marshawn Lynch when he was in Buffalo, mm-hmm. Willis McGahee, and then in addition to Quentin Jammer, Blaine Bishop, awesome. Sure. Patrick Sertan, Ooh. awesome. Troy Vincent, oh, awesome. Damn. And then Marcus Trufant. And then Devin Hester. 23. 23. Yes. Uh, NBA currently, other than LeBron James, can you give me two other all-stars? That are wearing 23 yes. right now. Damn. Fendrick, do you have anybody? Hold on, hold on. Give no me a one. second. Give me a second. In the east or the west? West. West. One that you think is very overrated. Oh, uh, Draymond Green. Yep. And right. the other one, the Celtics really want badly. Oh, he's 23. Uh, Anthony Davis. Oh, that guy. All-time Jordan, <laughs> Marcus Camby, Jason Richardson, Wayman Tisdale, and Tim Legler rocked 23. Um, so I just have breaking news that just came down. Really? Schefter. Reporting, Mike Williams might need back surgery on a herniated disc, could be out the entire Damn. season, recently received his second epidural. Are you kidding me? After all the reports that he was possibly hurt at the combine and possibly hurt at his pro day, might miss the entire season. That is unbelievable. Lower back injury. Slipped disc. Herniated disc. That's it. That's going to be a problem for his a long time. Yeah, it, it we said be. it when we heard the rumors, back injuries are the ones you don't mess with. Because it'll follow you your whole career. You know what makes that even better, that conversation? What? Well, everything I've been told, okay. you're not going to like that I'm saying this right now. No, you please. Said we were no, no. Say it a few now, weeks now, ago, but I now didn't it's know relevant. this was going to happen. Right. This is perfect. They, San Diego Chargers, everything I know from the people behind the scenes in football 
wanted to take Deshaun Watson at number seven. And Phillip Rivers threw such a, go ahead, take a quarterback, a I won't be there. He threw a te- temper tantrum, and they backed out of doing that. But everything I know behind the scenes in San Diego wow. is Deshaun Watson is who they wanted at seven, and they basically backed off because they were like, let's just not disgruntle Phillip and where he's at right now and in the career. And we're making a move to L.A., and, and, and he's, we want right. to give him a weapon. And he's done great things, and yes. so and he is the Chargers. He is the Chargers, right. He's kept them relevant for a long time. But that was the talk around – the NFL. This so now to have that, mm, right, that just tells you. It makes it so much worse. You can't let the inmates run the asylum, even when that's the quarterback. Now, Williams could still get healthy. Williams yep. could still be fine. He could still have a great career. But when you know that nugget, yep. it's, man, that's tough. Man. Uh, all right. So I know with, uh, on the podcast last week, we were talking, or with, yeah, Pew. It was with Pew. We did Fendrick Fighting. You're insane, by uh, and a, the way. And a lot of people have come out. I am not insane. First of all, let's just start this conversation. With this. I got 10 teeth pulled. He asked me if I went under. I said, no, I don't go under. I just gave me some Novocaine. He goes, where's this doctor? Jersey? He goes, I had one molar pulled, and they put me under. So that's more proof that five just ain't going to get it done. There is no way that you would survive against five of me. There's K- no way. K-Shark11 wrote, no K- wrote on iTunes, I bet I could take on three and a half Fendricks. Yes. Uh, all I know I is mean, Fendrick played basketball last night, right. and he had to lay down on a couch back there because oh, his body hurts. Today. He played three-on-three basketball for like 40 minutes. His body is falling apart. Yep. I really am. I've been in shambles the entire day today. My ankles one, are One me. Sims punch My shoulder to the chest. is popped. Done. Yeah. Done. And there's uh, no chest there. It's no problem. So we had someone on Twitter, uh, Gabrielle Mark, gave actually a fight anal- analysis of Fendrick breaking his body down. It's it's Gabe, by the way. This it's is one of my Gabe. buddies. One of your buddies. Well, yeah. you wrote, don't estimate the Fendrick species' ability to strategize. Their brute strength is low, but their craftiness level is where they have the advantages. advantage. Six Fendricks that take down both, and here's how. Out of the gates, all six blitz sims. Element of surprise. To peel off and distract Lefko. I am prone to distractions. <laughs> you are. While the other four finish off Sims, he writes in parentheses, yes. I expect two Fendricks to be KO'd in that takedown, John Wick style, <laughs> and perhaps one Fendrick to be about 50% on the Lefko side of the battle. That will leave three and a half healthy Fendricks to finish off Lefko. And then he describes his ability. Here is fighting profile. Right. Scratch. Eye jab, half open fist punch slap. Right, which would ha- that's how I would oh, describe. Yes, yeah, yes. Uh, skills, strength, a three out of ten. Craftiness, eight out of ten. Stamina, four out of ten. I'm going to knock that down to a, a two. Three. Yeah, uh, and then that's, that's and then doughiness. 10 out of 10. Very doughy yes. body. That's a, it's a hell of a profile. It's a great profile. Uh, Daniel Christian on Twitter, Daniel Christian 95 says, how many born-again vegan leftcos could Justin Pugh beat while eating a hoagie? <laughs> uh, Justin Pugh would just destroy me. Uh, well, I just those guys are not even fair. They just, uh, people don't realize how big He's a large people, man. Yeah, but he's like 315 and you would think he's like 285. Because he's right? lean. Because oh, he's he lean, right. Too. Yes. And then our own Steven Nelson on Twitter, if it would take six plus Fendricks to fight Sims. How many Sims would be necessary to manage complete a day of Fendrick Lamar's job duties? Oh, That's a great yeah. question. That's a good response. Screw you, Stephen Nelson, for not the, thinking the co- I'm capable of filling out spreadsheets. The correct answer is one, because I think you could sit in the back of a meeting and do nothing. Oh, oh. Yeah, there he goes. Let's go. Hey. 
Eat that shit. It's a good yeah. joke. Speaking of vegan, so I finished my 30 days yesterday. Right. Mazel and tov. I didn't eat meat yet still today. Good job, man. Way to go. I, I'm hearing there's a documentary on Netflix that is scaring the crap out of people. Is it, what is that Watch, about? Like, what's your health or something like mm-hmm. that? But it just compares everything to cigarette smokes. I'm having meat tonight. Hey, listen, it's okay. Everything in moderation. It is somewhere, somewhere, you know me, I'm very passionate about this. Red meat is a big problem in our country. Yes. It's a huge problem. And it's the number one contributor to global warming. It's a fact. This is not like BS. We know this. Like, everybody's got to stay in their lane. Like, climate Scientologists are telling us this. So the let's listen your to eyes bulge when It you drives talk me about crazy climate. because people are like, oh, you're not going to tell me those cows are doing it again, well, are you? Well, hold on. I know you're going to get excited about this. Yeah. I am 1,000% having a bacon cheeseburger Thursday night. Good. Where do you think is the best burger in New York City? Oh, gosh. Um, mm, I like the burger joint right here in okay. the Parker Meridian. Yeah. yeah. It just has the behind burger. The curtain, behind the curtain. Behind the curtain, right? Uh, really, the other place would be Baltazar. There it is. Oh, That's you couldn't a, remember the name, yeah, though. Baltazar. Baltazar. Yeah, in Soho? I love Baltazar. With the yes. best fries in the city? No it's doubt. It's also like you're having, an amazing, it's, you're having an amazing burger, and you're getting served with like a white table It's like cloth. a French cafe, right? It's great. Did, what was your favorite burger? Uh, well, I threw out, I have not been to Emily yet, but Emily is the one that everybody's raving about because yeah. they just opened up in Manhattan. Right. Uh, have you ever been to Brindle Room? That's a little deep no. in the East Village for you. That's no. like over by Avenue B. That's a lot. Um, yeah. Brindle Room would probably be up there for me, and Emily is the other There's one. There's another go to. pub down in like the Soho. PJ area. Clark's. No, it's an. I, it'll come to me. Maybe I'll, yep. I'll talk about it later. But talk I about it with Kyle. There. I can't think. I'm about so it. excited. My body is going to be a mess on Friday, but I'm totally okay yeah, with it that. It won't be worse than me today. We have Kyle Shanahan coming up in ten minutes. We have another edition of Uh Oh Big Off Season with a new caveat. There's an Oh No Big Off Season. We'll explain that then. Uh, Sims's raw reaction. I'm going to do some Leftco media management. Actually, you know what? Because we have ten minutes. I'm going to do that now. So Lefko Media Management. Yes. This is when I look around and I see some things going on, and there's three levels. There's you, the real MVP. I feel like I'm taking crazy pill, and oh, no, baby, what is you doing? So you, the real MVP, I'm going to give this to Tim Tebow. You know why? He's hit home runs. He's hit walk-offs. And you know what I haven't seen? His face. When's the last time you've seen a picture of Tim Tebow? When's the last time you've seen a picture of Tim Tebow with his shirt off? I see a home run, and it's all from, like, really far away. I don't see him ever. Tim Tebow, laying low. You the real MVP. I like that. I do like I don't think he's deliberately laying low, but sure. No, but I yeah. feel like I feel like yes. I would have seen him by now. Yes. Uh, I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. People that just don't get it. The Detroit Lions. They've, they're trying to make amends. They've invited Calvin Johnson to training camp. Oh. That's how we're going to mend that, bro. Come to training camp. See how good we are. See how we've put together a Super Bowl contender now that you're gone. They are going to line it with just photographers and shooting pictures with him with the Fords riding in the golf cart. He's just still pissed that he, they, they asked for a million dollars back. I can't which believe I, they did that. Yeah, they shouldn't have done that. And, oh no, baby, what is you doing? Mike Vick. What? Mike Vick goes on Fox Sports 1. You're already putting your head down. A friend of the podcast. Yeah. A uh, legendary guy. Uh, starts off his point with saying Colin Kaepernick needs to cut his hair. Uh, Kaepernick then responded on Twitter with the definition of Stockholm Syndrome, which if you don't know what that is, it's when someone's been kidnapped and they witness their kidnappers do things nice and they begin to think that their victim, their, their, their captors have a good heart. It's also known as traumatic bonding, a.k.a. saying Vic is a you know a victim of being kept captive by right. those in the NFL. Right. Chris Long tweeted out today 
I'm not a leftist moron in reply to someone else. I'm trying to make sense of why one of the best 32 quarterbacks on the planet doesn't have a job, and we're talking about his haircut. I had a dirty mullet last year and worked for the NFL you love. You know, the one with five rings on your background that you'll never touch. So Chris Long coming out there and going, why are we talking about haircuts? What was your take on all this? Uh, and there was another part of the comment that I wanted to – there was something else that he said, Michael Vick, that I was just like, wait, what, what, what's the point of saying that? I, I just didn't get it. Where I think he wanted to co- – I think it, one of the parts – didn't he say he's like the same reason he's not in the league, is co- like sim- same as Tim Tebow? Oh, he was also saying that he had a bad two years and he wasn't performing yeah, all that stuff. It was a distraction and all that with Tim Tebow. Yeah, listen, listen I'm, I'm so sick of this Kaepernick conversation. It really is actually driving me crazy. Um, yeah, I don't think – I think Mike is on the side of Colin Kaepernick, but it didn't. he didn't make it or verbalize it quite the right way. And especially a guy like Michael Vick, who we know has been through his – share of off-the-field problems, yeah, and people have supported him. And he struggled towards the end of his career playing. So don't call out other play- players that you don't think maybe aren't playing up to I, the I'll level say you this. expect. Colin Kaepernick is not where Mike Vick was at the end of his career. Colin Kaepernick, I think, has a lot more left in the tank than Vick did. Yes. Two, I really do have an issue comparing Colin Kaepernick taking a stand for racial injustice versus Michael Vick, who for years led an undercover dog-killing ring and then came out of j- jail and was like, I got a haircut. The Eagles will sign me now. I I don't like comparing the two things. But I also think that Mike Vick wasn't aware enough in that interview to realize how his comments were going to be taken. I thought he was trying to say... Look presentable. Make this easier on yourself. Right. But and and he later came out and tweeted that wasn't the main point. He thinks that Colin Kaepernick should play. But um, yeah, I just you know it, it went down. People don't realize what that hairstyle represents. The Afro to the African-American community represents all of that. It is the fist in the hair. It is the rebellion. It is standing up for human rights. So when you have someone say, cut the hair... It came off like stop with your stop with your messaging. Yes, right. I I, I get all of it. And uh, listen again. I don't know what else to say about this subject. I got nothing else to say. I told you from last year to this point. Now I am going to be right with my oracleness from last year, which was what that he would never play on a football team again. He's not going to get signed unless like a first and second string backup quarterback get hurt in the first three weeks of the year and a team goes, damn, our first and second string are done and we have a legit playoff team. Maybe now let's call Colin Kaepernick. But I still think that's like really unlikely. It's a right wing league and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that and but I don't as see, I've told you that. And I don't see any other places that are that have the infrastructure that wants Kaepernick with their offense and then also can handle it. No, nobody and nobody so wants said to it deal before, with it. Seattle so, was the spot. Seattle was the spot. Nobody wants to deal with his press conference. He's too talented to to the mid-level starting quarterback, right? I mean, Listen, Colin Kaepernick, like, like we've talked about, he goes up there. He comes over here to the Giants. He's the backup quarterback. Players are going to see him every day and go, damn, Eli's our starter, but Colin now does him every day. Yep. So teams don't want to sign him from that and the distraction off the field. Not going to happen. You've heard my spiel before. Uh, so we, we are talking about fantasy on Monday because we did fantasy files, and you admitted that you didn't understand fantasy then. Yeah. You don't understand fantasy now. Yes. Uh, our own Matt Camp, the Matt Camp on Twitter, went on and, Hello, and, and looked up all of your performances. Okay. Do you know which week in the regular season you had your best fantasy performance in your career? I feel oh. like Sims might be able to get this. What well, was your I mean, best fantasy be... performance? Hold on a second here. So it's 2005 season, right? Yes. All right, 2005 season. Uh, I'm going to say it's 
Redskins game? Week four, Washington. Unbelievable. That was great. You remember your stats? Three touchdowns. Yes. No interceptions. No interceptions. 28 of 35? 15 of 29. Oh, shit. For 279 and three touchdowns. You would have gotten your fantasy owners that week. 23.19 23.19 fantasy and 29. points. See, that's what drove Gr- Gruden crazy because he had to call down the field throws with me. Yeah, you were throwing. <laughs> what is that? You're averaging like. I don't know, but we, we bombed away on their ass that You're day. averaging like 15 <laughs> yards per catch. Yeah. I mean, that's and why we got guys in the NFL right now averaging six. I mean, we were. We, Sims likes to throw it deep. You know it. Strike. Um, another one let's get to because we still have. We got three minutes. Three Kyle. minutes before Kyle Shanahan. Two minutes now. So Le'Veon Bell turned down an offer that apparently was over $12 million a year for the first two years. And people were like, $12 million, they were giving it to you. Richard Sherman just tweeted, I'm happy to see Bell not be bullied into a fluffed up quote unquote long term right. deal. It was only one year of guarantees. That's mm-hmm. exactly what he's getting with his guaranteed money. I hope he can change the money for running backs. Yes. Richard Sherman tweeted it. It's so funny how these teams they did it with cousins they did it with bell they released these contracts and go how do you not sign that contract but for both cousins and for bell that first year doesn't matter they're getting that guaranteed with this franchise tag right it has nothing to do with it good for levy on bell he should not accept uh anything below market value first of all like we said on monday you can't sit here and tell me LaShawn McCoy is going to make $8 million a year and, and Le'Veon Bell is going to make less than that. Now, I don't expect them to get like six years, $80 million. None of that's going to happen. What, what would be the average per year? 12? I, th- I think if you gave him realistically like a four-year contract for $40 million and maybe guaranteed 30 of it, something mm. along those range, $28 million, that's something that's, I think, fair to a Le'Veon Bell. Man. I really do. I don't know. Let's- I think he's going to try and get more than that. I don't think he it, has made comments that he is trying to make this better. It's really funny that I said Monday, Le'Veon Bell can revolutionize contracts for all these first round running backs that came after him. Yes. And then he said on Tuesday, I want to revolutionize the payment for running backs. Then this is what he we, sees it. We this is where we got to get Odell Beckham Jr. to see it. He's got to see it as well. He's got to join the party. Uh, th- they are going to win for the players. It's not about them. Yeah. So Odell, even though I know he looks at it and goes, well, we're a Super Bowl winning team. I don't want to be the, the distraction. No, it's about a thousand other guys and thousands of other guys in the future that you're going to help out. Bell, I, I just can't imagine them giving him crazy numbers above right. market value. Like that's not realistic. Now, if he's asking for like 13 million a year, first of all, nobody he shouldn't be, 12 million a year is a skewed number because of the Adrian Peterson contract, right. right? That's why it's like that for the franchise tag. Realistically, next year, I mean, it'll, it's going to drop down. It's going to drop down. It's going to go like to like 9 six, yeah, probably 8 or, eight nine, or yeah. 9. So that is where I do think he should be asking around in the yearly average, and then he just has to increase the guaranteed money. Josh, you back there? Are we going to him now? I want to. I wanted to. You know the other. Are thing? you excited to have Kyle on? I I actually don't even know where I'm going to go with Kyle. You know Perfect. what I mean? Perfect. Yeah. I have like 30 questions. Good. I'll, you can dominate the conversation. Yeah, but you're going to take us down a wormhole. I will. Uh, while we wait, let me just read this tweet from that was sent to me by Patron James 56 about Rodgers versus Brady. Just because anytime I can gas up Rodgers, I love it. In their seven postseason losses with Rodgers as quarterback, the Packers defense has allowed an average of 36.3 points per game. The Patriots in the Brady losses, 26.5. Four. Right. Little nugget. Do you hear that breathing? Oh. Introduce your buddy. Is that a nervous head coach getting ready for training camp? Yep, it is. He is finally here after three years of working for Bleacher Report. Kyle Shanahan, head coach of the 49ers. Kyle, hey. thanks for coming on, broski. What's up, guys? How's it going? 
Doing good. How are you? What are you in the middle of doing right now? I, I told the audience that you were, you know, have a little time off and you might be at the beach. So what's going on? That's exactly what I'm at. Um, in the middle of doing. I'm having a beer and a burger right here on the beach. Sounds oh. uh, that sounds amazing. Oh, that NFL head coach money. All right. So now that we have Kyle on Sims, I actually have a really important question for you. Yes. Uh, I want to do a power ranking of your friends. Uh, Kyle Shanahan and me, power rank them. <laughs> You're on the spot. Sorry, Kyle's one. Damn it. Yeah, and then probably like our friend from Texas, Bo Scaife, would be He's two. not on the list. He's and then the you list. go to three. Sorry. Damn. Sorry. Uh, all right, so Kyle, this is the first thing I want to ask you because it's something that I've been interested in just as a whole. Yeah, you, you made a name for yourself as an offensive coordinator. Now you're the head man with the, the, the San Francisco 49ers, but – I just want to know a little bit your life of what is easier about being a head coach and okay. maybe what's more annoying and, and harder to deal with than, than the days of being the offensive coordinator. All right, well, you know, I've, I've enjoyed it a lot more so far. We haven't played a game yet, so we'll see how that goes. But, um, you know, just so far coming in the offseason, it's been a lot more fun. You know, it's more enjoyable coming into the office. There's, You know, when you come as a coordinator, there's lots of stuff you got to deal with that you can't always um, – you're not always put in the position to do that stuff. So you come in every day. There's some certain things with roster stuff, and you're going through the draft and having to work with everybody to where, you know, there's something you just got to deal with. And now when you come in as a head coach and you're working together with the general manager, everything, if, if there's ever an issue, if there's something on the roster where uh, we don't like, you know, you always can address it and deal with it. So it just makes you a lot more comfortable coming in from a day-to-day basis knowing that, when there's a problem, you're always in a position you can solve it. Right. So you like it because at the end of the day, you get to make the final call, or at least you get your hands on in the decision making process to fix whatever problem there is out there. Now, what about? I think, I think one of the most stressful things about being a coordinator sometimes is you're you're judged for a lot of things, but you're not always the. There's some problems that you'd like to fix that you think you could help, but you can't always go that go that direction. There's right. A lot of people that um, make decisions over that, but. Now when you're a head coach and you're in a situation where you're working hand-in-hand with the general manager and the personnel department, um, we're, we're not in that situation. If we are, you know, we get to make that decision, and it's a lot easier to live with the consequences. Well, okay, so give us the flip side now. Like, I mean, I know it, it's been great. You're the head coach uh-huh. of the 49ers. That's right. all great. But there's got to be some days where you get in the office. I mean, I remember Gruden when we were there together. He'd be like, oh, you know, he'd, he'd complain about some problem he had to deal with or micromanage some players' right. off-field life. Like, give us something that's so kind of been a pain side, in the butt. Yeah, the flip side is you, you don't want to have to deal with all those problems that you do. So I'm, I'm so used to coming into the office and, um, you know, whenever, when you're not running a meeting with players and stuff, I'm used to going into my office, turning on the tape, and just studying ball all day. And that's something I still get around to as a head coach, but there's a lot more things that pop up on my desk. And I got used to that in my first couple of weeks, and I'd come in um, early in the morning and expect to look at the roster, and it'd be 5 o'clock already, and I hadn't even turned on the tape yet. There's a lot more people who want to talk to you. There's a lot more stuff you got to deal with besides just the X's and O's, and you really got to learn how to balance all that out. Right. Uh, so this is something that I've always been fascinated. When you type in Kyle Shanahan, Chris Sims, it is all tattoo gate. <laughs> Everything is about tattoos. Every time Chris comes on, like anywhere, they they mention your tattoos. I'm sure it's the same thing with Kyle. So I googled it and I did some investigating. Uh, first one is Phil Sims addresses his son's Kyle Shanahan tattoo. So it's not a shared <laughs> tattoo. You have a Kyle Shanahan, but then if you scroll down, it says Kyle Shanahan has Chris Sims's initial. 
initials tattooed on his leg, so ah. it went back. But if you Wikipedia Kyle Shanahan in the early years section, it, it even says Shanahan and Sims are close friends, and Sims has a tattoo of Shanahan's initials on his leg. <laughs> Sounds like he did that like editing there. Oh, it does. It does. So then, one time, Big Phil commented on it. I'm going to do this in my Big Phil voice. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I, I can't even tell you what I said. This is what's amazing about Big Phil. Right. His quote was, I can't even tell you what I said, followed by, I said one day you're going to be going, man, that was a dumb moment when we went down there and got it, but yes, I've seen it. It's still there, and he's got a picture of a longhorn on his leg, too. It is yeah. what it is. Yeah. Kyle, how do you explain the well, tattoo to people? Yes, and I think I need to because you know the misrepresentation of the story that's happened with this tattoo has been rough my entire life. It sounds like Chris and I went on like a romantic getaway and got tattoos together. Seriously, but it wasn't at all like that. It was I did not ever want a tattoo. I didn't want one. It wasn't my style. And then, um, had a bunch of guys that we came in and played football with who were all tatted up, and they were all talking about Chris and I getting a tattoo with the three of them. And we had a group, there was five of us, and we all hung together, and they called us the Wood. And so all three of these guys were trying to talk Chris and I into getting tattoos, and these guys were already all tatted up. And and I finally said, thinking Chris, you know, with his palest skin in the world, <laughs> he would look good with tattoos. I didn't think he ever would get one. I mean, you know what, if Chris gets one, I'll get one. That's and what he said. Two days later, we're sitting at home playing video games, and he comes walking in, and he pulls up his leg his pants on his leg and shows us his tattoo down his whole ankle and everyone got so pumped up and I'm just like holy crap <laughs> so everyone so you're telling me so the other three guys were Bo Scave Rod Babers Montreal Flowers they're jumping around they're high-fiving they're chest bumping uh, yeah. and you're sitting there oh, yeah. going shit now I have to it's get the tattoo another, too they're looking for another excuse just to get a tattoo and <laughs> oh. they, they just want another one I didn't want one but I said I would and so I got one it was a team thing there was five of us that played together and so I didn't mind doing it. I got a little, little one on my ankle that has other initials. Yeah, I hear it's I huge. That I'm proud of because I like the reasons I did it. Even though I don't love the tattoo, I like the reasons that I did it. They were a close group of friends of mine. But I didn't know that the rest of my life it was going to be portrayed that Chris and I got each other's names wrote on our bodies. Like, In a we heart. It's real close. <laughs> <laughs> so it's been told. I'm glad you asked me that question. I could clean it up. Perfect. There you uh, go. Sims, can I get a Kyle uh, breakdown? How was Kyle Shanahan as a wide receiver? Oh, gosh. Well, first of all, what was Kyle Shanahan? White boy supreme, right? Oh, so was he a was he a grinder? Uh, Wes Welker, he was, a gr- he was a grinder. Danny Amendola type. I mean, he was obsessive. First of all, I mean, obsessive. So I mean, he's like he learned everything. He route running, and you can correct me, Kyle, if I'm wrong. Ed McCaffrey, Rod Smith. He was years above like our other college receivers in learning the specifics of route running. So he was the original Christian McCaffrey. Man, but he had phenomenal, <laughs> phenomenal quickness, phenomenal feet. Like Kyle legitimately was a Division One wide receiver, gotcha. right? He went and walked on to Texas. They gave him a scholarship his senior year. He wasn't going to beat anybody like 90 yards over the top like Julio Jones. We weren't putting like Kyle and man-to-man and be like, go beat him with speed, Kyle. But he was smart and could really run routes. He loved running the 20-yard in-cut, and he'd make like our first-round secondary, uh, first-round draft pick guys look really silly because he would run the in-cut. like Quentin Jammer and stuff? Yes, he would twist them around because he would fake the post corner and come in, and he used to get off on it, man. He loved it. Now my question for Kyle. Kyle, we've heard stories from Keyshawn and Warren Sapp about catching balls from Sims. As a receiver, what kind of a ball did Sims throw? 
Oh, it's rough. I mean, it's, <laughs> but any, anybody who throws heat like Chris does, I mean, it's always tougher. And when it's coming in from a lefty spin with the velocity that he had, it made it tough. And, you know, the other quarterback um, there was Major, and Major threw it. He didn't throw it very hard at all. So you get like these change ups, and then you come in with Chris, and you get this missile, and you better be ready. And that's why I didn't mind it because I was I had to be I had to have good hands or I kind of play. So I kind of liked it because he was going to throw it hard and get it on you. But um, if you weren't ready for it and you were close to him, it was going to come off your hands pretty hard. All right, uh, I got something. That I don't know if you're ready for. It. I call this Lefko Media Management Coach Edition. I'm going to give you three big tips to be a great first-year head coach. Kyle, you ready for this? Ready. All right. Number one, I don't know what you're planning to wear. You obviously can't wear suits. Mike Nolan tried that, didn't work. I think you coach every game in a starter jacket from the 49ers back in the day. That way, you get that '90s nostalgia, and the kids think you're cool. What do you think? Uh, it could be good. Do the you know the whole starter throwback stuff? Exactly. Or a flat little hat with it. Ooh, goofy jacket. You, yeah, I hear you. Awesome. I hear you're a flat brim hat wearer. Is that true? Like you like Hurley and stuff like that? I try. I try to pretend like I'm a surfer when I'm away from football. All right. <laughs> second, second note. Always leave one question early in the press conference. When there's that weird slight pause, just go, thanks, guys, as the last. It's a power move. Power move. Yeah, you just leave, and you're like, thanks, guys. And everyone looks at each other. It's like, Kyle's got places to go. <laughs> Super busy. Last thing, you need to have a good TD celebration. You learn from Gruden at Tampa Bay. Bum, bum, bum. Yes, the Super <laughs> Bowl. Yeah, the bum. But here's what I think you do. Either one, Millie Rock. Do you know what a Millie Rock is? No. No, you're going to have to YouTube. We're out of the game. We're fathers right. now, you're gonna, man. You're going to have to YouTube what that is. Number number two, uh, do the air check. Like you're reaching up and you got a checklist and it's like, check, that one's off. <laughs> that play worked. Or because because you've been called a mad scientist as an offensive coordinator, a fake test tube pour and then explosion. So you're pouring a test tube. Damn, mad you really scientist. thought about this, huh? Yeah, what do you think, Kyle? I just want you to do it I, so I can take credit. Well, I have no rules, right? I mean, they can't give me a penalty for celebrating. Ah, that's no, true. Celebration rules are back. You're right. No, I think I'm good. Yeah, I might try that. I like your last one the most. All right. Ooh, fake test the, tube. He likes the test tube. Blowing with, with, it up. with that being said, I was always curious. Sims has talked a lot about what it's like growing up with a famous dad and Phil Sims, so he had to be a quarterback in a quarterback shadow. You were trying to come up as a coach under a coach's shadow and your dad, Mike. Did you ever have, when you were really young coming up, a coach come at you and be like, you're only here because of your dad? Did you ever face that in, in a coaching circle? Oh, I definitely did. I faced the stuff like that my whole life. I just think, I don't think it's just being coach's son. I think when you have a last name where all your peers kind of know that person, I, I feel like it's a little human nature for people to hate on you a little bit. I mean, I remember when I made the basketball team as my freshman year in high school, and it was only because my dad was a football coach. Mm, right. Or I remember if I, I remember in high school, unbuckling my chin strap and coaches telling me, hey, this isn't the Broncos. What do you think you are? Mm. You know, just stuff like that. you got to deal with it. It's not many people, but there's always that one dick who wants to act like that. And I think it makes you stronger. You go through it when you're younger, but you kind of get used to it. And uh, I think that's some of the stuff that motivates people like myself and Chris. You kind of 
get a little chip on your shoulder where you want to prove those people wrong. With Sims, I know that he can throw a ball hard and people go, oh, no, 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 he deserves here. Did you have like a prodigy moment when you were in the NFL where the coaches looked at each other and were like, where the fuck did that play come from? I, I feel like you just, you, know, you, you try to do that. You try to do that every day in the meeting rooms. You try to do that with the players. It's, and whenever you, if you try to do anything too hard, then it, it comes off the wrong way. So you, you just try to be consistent. You try to study your tail off. And really my goal has always been whatever a player asks me, being able to have an answer that can help them. And when you when you do that, especially when you do it from a younger age, I think people notice it. But, um, you know, I've been put in a situation where I've been around in my whole life. So, you know, some of the things that have been tough, it's also – a huge reason why I've been able to get to where I am, and it's, it's made me a better coach. So there's lots of ways you can look at it, but um, it's definitely been fun for me so far. Yeah, I mean, I'll say even for Kyle, like because uh, he, he's not going to brag about himself, but yeah, Kyle, sure, he got into the league because his dad was Mike Shanahan, right? It's easier to get in the door that way. But he was hurt by becoming a head coach uh, because his dad was Mike Shanahan. I mean, look at his – all you got to do is look at his history of being an offensive coordinator. The numbers the la- are phenomenal. For the last five years, a top ten offense, six of the nine years that he was in charge of offense, and no no sniffs. No sniffs. So that just tells you, yes, there was those haters out there like he's telling you about. And I can still remember the moment for Kyle. Gruden always used to talk about Kyle because Kyle would challenge Gruden in coaching meetings. Kyle, is that true? Uh, sometimes stupidly. <laughs> but he did. He would question. Either, but, he, but tell him. I yeah. look back. Like, what the hell was I doing? You got to <laughs> shut the hell up when you're a 24-year-old and talking those meetings then. But I just I enjoyed it. And, you know, to be able to work with people like Gruden who did so many different things and to get meetings. And, uh, you know, I look back on it now and I can figure out, you know, I probably wasn't the smartest thing to probably challenge a guy like that in front of other people. But yeah, Kyle, what was, that, young, you know, totally. what, what was that 24-year-old, I can't believe I did that moment? Do you remember what happened? Um, yeah, I've been called into rooms and told to keep my mouth shut and things like that. And you learn and you move on. But also those guys end up respecting you for it, too. Yes. You know, I'm in a position now where I have guys like that. And you want guys to challenge you. You want guys to challenge what you say because you've been doing things a certain way and you're always looking to improve. And when you have people have different views, you want to hear it. And you don't want to ever discourage those people from being scared to speak up because it's only going to hurt your team in the long run. Uh, the thing that I've just learned is that uh, there's a time and place to do it, and um, you got to be smart about that. All right. All right. First thing, I, this came to my mind. I've been meaning to tell you this for like a few months, actually, since you got the job. But uh, for you got to you got to make the 49ers go back to white cleats. You know, you know that uh, you got to. Uh, I, I agree, man. I, I like the white cleats. I like the white pants too. The ones they did in the last time they won the Super Bowl, the '94 when your dad was the OC. But I mean, the 49ers won five Super Bowls in white cleats, and they haven't won one since they've gone to the black cleats. I don't know what uh-huh. they're. It's ha. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> But seriously, I, I, want to, I do want to ask you a few things about your team and the guys you got there right now. First of all, I want to know your thoughts on like the whole Pac-12 you know, trimester thing. I mean, here you are. You draft Solomon Thomas with the third pick in the draft, and you invest this money in him and, and all this time and resources, and now he doesn't get to practice. So like, how does that make you feel as a head coach to where you have to kind of wait for that investment to get used to the NFL? I mean, it's it's very frustrating, not just to the coaches personally or the team personally, but also to the player. You know, we have someone like Solomon Thomas, who's the obvious one, or what Christian McCaffrey's going through in Carolina. And, you know, we still haven't practiced with Solomon yet. But those are the people, I think, that get other people to notice this issue. But it's been an issue for a while. And the guys who really struggle aren't 
they're not the first round draft choices. I mean, in your first round draft choice, the team is usually at least committed to you for the first year and usually the first few years. Right. Um, the guys I feel bad for are the sixth and seventh round draft choices or an undrafted free agent. We have a receiver, Kedrick Bourne, who um, looked good in rookie D camp, but we haven't seen him since because um, he's on the same trimester deal also. He was an undrafted rookie, so it's going to be a lot harder for him than someone like Solomon as a first round pick. So I know it's something they did to try to help um, players in college um, at the beginning. But I do feel like it is something that ends up making it very hard for a lot of people to make a team and have a job in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I don't even understand it. It's stupid to me. Uh, other thing I want to ask you about is, I mean, you guys had you and John Lynch might have had the best first round of any team in football. I mean, you got two of the top four or five best players in the whole draft in the first round. I want you to talk about Reuben Foster, the cap, the the possibilities of or the capabilities of him and Navarro Bowman together, and are guys like from Alabama where you see like a Reuben Foster, are they that like light years ahead of everybody else because they've been under the tutelage of Nick Saban? Well, yeah, I think I think when you get guys from Alabama, it's it's not just the tutelage of Nick and the schemes that they do, but it's also the it's it's the pressure of having to perform week in and week out. Mm. It's um you can't coast as much at a level like that. They have a freshman who's waiting who might be just as good or better than you and three people after him. So it's it's the pressure that those guys go through that day to day that I think those players are used to. And they're not as surprised when they get to the NFL. Because a lot of people, they, it takes them some time to realize they're not on scholarship anymore right. and that you can cut at any time. And some, some players, it takes them getting cut before they learn, wow, this is uh, I another opportunity. I can't miss this again. And when you get guys who have come from places like Alabama where they're basically looking at it as a job as soon as they leave high school, I think it's... It's easier to deal with. They they know more of the expectations and what what you expect from them. Right. Uh, I would... look, looking with Ruben too. I'm pumped to get Ruben. I mean, if anyone Google's his highlights and just watches how he plays, he plays different than everyone else. And I always laugh because my son is seven and I haven't really gone him into football. He doesn't watch him much. He's more into snakes and lizards and stuff <laughs> like that. And he um, he had Ruben Foster sign his cast because he broke his arm a few weeks ago on the monkey bars. And I asked him when we got in the car, I'm like, hey, Carter, you want to watch highlights on that guy? He said, all right. So I used to move him both and do quite highlights on him. And it was the first time I've watched him finish highlights from beginning to end. There's like six minutes of them. I go, man, you really like that, huh? He goes, yeah. I go, why'd you like it? He goes, that guy plays like the water boy. <laughs> so hard. He was exactly right. That's that's what Ruben plays like. He is running around trying to hit people, playing at a different speed. And yeah, that's just someone that I, I know. John and myself really wanted a part of our team. Yeah, is I, he healthy right now? Is he feeling okay? Yeah, he should be full go. I mean, we, we've been we've been on vacation here the last month, and I know he's been staying. He stayed in town and rehab this whole time. Um, I'm going to get back in the office on Monday. We're going to get going. He's supposed to be full go when we start. Now, look at his physical when we get back and. But they've been letting that shoulder heal, and they say he'll be able to take hits once we start training camp. So um, staying optimistic about it, and we'll see how it goes. All right, so if Kyle were to come to New York, yes. and we'd all go to your house, and we'd hang out, and I, I think we'd have a good time. Yeah, we would have We a would good get time. after it. Yes. But eventually, uh-huh. I would be the awkward third wheel asking the annoying question, and that's what I'm going to do now. So yeah. let me just, I'm going to say it right now. Do it. Kyle, if, I, if we were hanging out, and I said, man, you know, th- this Kirk Cousins thing, it's looking great. What do you say? I'd say exactly the same thing I tell everyone. I'd love to talk, but unfortunately, I'm not allowed to talk about someone else on the NFL roster. I'll get 
fine by the league, so they kind of make it easy for me. I'm not even allowed to talk about it. Oh, look at you. You're all grossed up, the head coach <laughs> over here. What a good answer. <laughs> right, you passed that one. But you know what? Are you allowed to talk about him as a player or well, anything are, like gotta that? He's got to be amazing. I'm not allowed. Yeah. Technically, I've been read all these rules when I first became a head coach. I had to deal with it, too, as a coordinator because you get in your press conference sometimes, but you're literally not allowed to talk about anybody who is under contract on another roster. Mm. And... Can I ask you what it's like? Uh, what is it like dealing uh, with, like, in the front offices that you've dealt with? How is the Washington front office to deal with? Um, I mean, it's 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 different. You gotta, there's, you really never know what you're dealing with. You know, we went there and we we're expecting for it to be able to build the team and things. Uh, we knew we were in a hole with some salary cuts they had made over the years and being able to fix it and. Um, you think you're going to come in and do stuff, but for some reason it's kind of hard to do there. They don't always go with it. Not always sure why, but um, it's tough to get people on the same page, and it's very tough to get people going in the same direction. Don't worry, we've made sure they know why. They already know. The yeah, we we talk about that. Sure. I have I have one more awkward thing to All talk right, about. One more awkward. Uh, thing. After after the Super Bowl, we came on the podcast, and I was someone that said the defense allowed twenty eight unanswered points. I don't, yards. yeah, five hundred yards. I don't understand why this is being put on the offense. If they played it safe, they'd be yelled at for playing it safe. That's Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. You can't play it safe. They kept going. Uh, there was a lot of penalties late that kind of messed it up. Have you watched the footage yet? And where are you, I guess, with dealing with the Super Bowl and how that all played out? Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm in a good place about it. You know, it's disappointing. When you feel you should have won a Super Bowl and you didn't get it done, that's a huge opportunity you missed, and that's something that myself and everyone associated with the Falcons are going to have to deal with for the rest of our lives. But um, when you, it's, it's sports, and we tried our hardest. We did our best. Um, still think we should have won, and that's disappointing, but um, it's something you live with. There, there's nothing that I look back and felt we froze in the moment. Um and didn't go down competing. We did what we thought we needed to do to win, and we came up short. And I go back through every play and stuff, and um, I know everyone wants to talk whether you run, whether you pass, and that's people should. And anytime you lose a game, you're a play caller, you're going to be judged off that stuff. But I, that stuff doesn't bother me so much because I judge myself as hard as anyone. And I go back and look at everything, and, yeah, the second and ten where we took a, where we got a sack, I wish I didn't call a pass there. I wish I called it wrong because I didn't know we were going to get sacked. But uh, a lot of things go into that, and um, the coverage you're expecting to go against, what they're playing at the time. And we saw an entire second half that was just dedicated to stopping the run. And that's why you averaged seven yards of carry in the first half, and you averaged point, um, five in the second half and on the same amount of carries. So there's a difference in what you're going against, and you do what you think you got to do to win. And what I'm proud of is that's what we did. Yeah, I can live with that. <laughs> Excuse me, <laughs> I'm coughing over here. Uh, all right, wait. I, la- and I the, just I don't mean to like beat the Super Bowl subject down. I more want to know just what was it like during a two week period preparing to play Bill Belichick, mm. somebody you I know you have such great respect for. Yeah, it was really cool because uh, I haven't got to play against him much in my career. I think I played against him twice as a coordinator, um, and I didn't feel like I had. Definitely to have the offense that we had at the time last year in Atlanta. And to be able to get two weeks to prepare against them was fun because uh, I went back to tons of old tape, watched just all the old Super Bowls, um, old playoff games, how he had played. Oh. Really good to have that amount of time because I wouldn't have been able to if I 
weeks, and um, it helped us. But um, it's as big of a challenge you can have at the biggest stage, and uh, have more respect for that guy than anyone in this world. Yeah, I want to wrap it up with something we love to do on Sims and Lefko, which is Sims asks like, who do you like to face and all that stuff. Yeah. So, from the coordinator perspective, who is a defensive coordinator out there that that you think, man, going up against this guy is always tough. Well, I mean, we just started with um, Belichick and his entire staff. They're always tough. I always think going against Jim Schwartz is tough. Right. Um, the wide nine, they, they play. It just puts a lot of pressure on your players, and it's it's very aggressive, and it's a tough matchup when they play that. Um, you know, anybody in the Seattle system, you know, which is similar to what we got at um, at San Francisco, it's just a set, such a sound eight-man front scheme that makes it very tough to run the ball. But the coverage is their sound as good too. So I always like to get explosives and try to make the field smaller. And when you get go against those Seattle type defenses, um, it's extremely tough to do. And if I were to say in the NFL right now, if I asked anybody who are the top offensive minds, you're probably the first name. Who else do you think is up there with you in terms yeah. of really innovative guy, offensive coordinators? What guys do you like to steal things from or look at every week where you just go, Man, that's you know, I, I gotta look at what he did last week just to see if he did anything interesting to me. Uh, well, I've always watched Josh and always watched New England. The, the things they do, I feel, you know, it's a little different scheme than what I do um, as far as the run game and some of the play action stuff. But um, just some of their concept passes and their formations and everything and how they get the end zone reads and the red zone, that's something I always look at. Right. Um, I've always watched Sean Payton and Drew Brees, Drew Brees through the years, uh, especially their drop back game. It's, um, you know, I think people talk a lot about it, the coordinators and stuff, but. Um, most of us coordinators who people think are real good, we have some pretty good quarterbacks too. So you want to watch those teams and stuff because you see when you have a good quarterback, people try more stuff. Right. So, Kyle, we are doing this at Bleacher Report. Uh, our, C, our founder is Dave Finocchio. Do you, does that name ring a bell to you? I have heard that name before. Well, Where I've, do I know that from? Well, I've told you about this before, but go ahead. Let yeah, go. he's the founder of Bleach Report. Apparently, when you guys grew up, you guys were playing street hockey together. Oh, yeah. Chris told me he worked with him, and that's so funny. I just drove by that house like a month ago to show my wife. And, yeah, I was a big rollerblader back in the day when I was in California. Uh, we used to always meet at the end of the cul-de-sac, which is where he lived, and we played hockey. It was fun. Yeah, Finocchio is the founder of Bleacher Report, and he's a huge 49ers fan. So, As is most of our company. I mean, unless at least yeah. his San Francisco office, that's where it was started, but yes. It's crazy how it all came full circle. And he like and he always gave you praise because he said you he you, he was younger than you, and you were nice enough to let him into the street hockey games, which, I mean, I know you. You just were using him for bodies so you could have some complete games, <laughs> yeah. but that's the way that's Maybe the way we do it. Maybe when I won. <laughs> <laughs> right, Kyle, you are the man. Uh, kick some ass this year. Good luck. We'll keep rooting for you. And uh, yeah, when you come to New York, let's get wild at Chris's house. I'm excited. Uh, down, I'm down, man. Looking forward to it anytime. All right, see you, man. Be good. All right, guys. See ya. Thanks, man. See you, man. See ya. Uh, I wasn't too awkward, was I? No, not at all. No, you handled it well. Yeah. Okay. No, your questions. Your questions were great. I and mean, I think I wanted to ask the Super Bowl. I was literally tossing in my mind whether I went to the Super Bowl question or not. Yeah. I know. One I had thing a I talk with Fendrick earlier. We, we had, had a little chat. I, yeah. I probably should have told you guys that even before this because Kyle is not. Kyle's a. I mean, he confronts the situation. Wait, did yeah. I mess up in the fourth quarter of the Super Bowl game? Let me go turn on the tape. You know what I mean? That was he's awesome not, to hear him walk through how he thinks about it. Right. Yeah. He's not going to bullshit it. So he's not sensitive to it. 
Uh, and and, th- th- and that was my thing too, is because I had written that down when I rewatched the game. Uh, there was a holding penalty that brought them back, and then there was another penalty, and then he said, "Look, I didn't know we were going to get sacked." No, and then he didn't know Devontae Freeman wasn't going to block right. Dante T- Hightower yeah, Dante off Hightower. the edge. That was going to be a touchdown pass. I mean, yeah, that, those are the plays that broke the game. And again, and. You know, listen, I'll say it for the last time. It's not Kyle's job as the offensive <laughs> coordinator to manage the fucking game. That's why, they, like, if Josh McDaniels did that, everyone would go, I can't believe Bill Belichick let Josh do that. But for some reason with this case, maybe because it's the last name Shanahan, Dan Quinn got, like, nobody gets talks about him managing the game. It's all about Kyle. And I'm not saying Dan's wrong Do you mean or like jerk. Time or defense? I just mean time. Like it's still they were snapping the ball with like 18 seconds. That's what left. I mean. It's still the head coach's job to go. Does it? You can run the play, but run it down. Run whatever you want, but run the play clock down to. Does five it have to do with the fact that Dan Quinn was a defensive coordinator? So that just everybody just assumes that like Kyle is almost the head and it coach. Was like just, a historic offense. I mean, I think it's all of it, right? Yeah. I think a little bit of all. But like I'm sure Dan looks at it and goes, "Man, I should have interjected in there and maybe said a few things." I think also Dan was like, "Man, they've been rolling up and down the field against this team and every team yeah. all year. Why let me handcuff them now?" So. It's a little easier said than done in the heat of the moment. I could tell that Kyle's excited to have the power of a head coaching job. As you could tell, there's a lot of little things that they have to deal with and all that. He but does seem more comfortable with it. That's he, what he's, he sounds really relaxed. Yeah. I, you, the way you talk about him, I was expecting to be like neurotic. No, he's. it's funny. Is he's? This is something we've talked about on the phone the last uh, few times we've talked. Is he actually feels less stressed now as a head coach. Because of the reasons he just says, he goes, if there's a problem or, you know, oh, I'm the offensive coordinator, man, they're going to take my third receiver and cut him or whatever yeah. it is. There's things that you have no control over, but you get held accountable for the, the how that unit looks. And yeah. now he feels like he's got total control. You think he wants Kirk Cousins, though, don't you? Oh, I definitely think he His wants Kirk Cousins. His answer perfect. Yeah. I have one more kind yeah. of question. Yeah. yeah. So the draft obviously broke perfect for them, him and John, part of their doing, but also, the you know, the Bears moved up and got Trubisky. How much does the draft going so well set them up for their relationship to be successful over the next couple months and next couple years? Because there were a lot of questions about how the two of them are going to work together. It's a bonding moment, right? It's just like your first time to be like, yeah, we can do this. It's like a, you know, you're know, you on a team and you just won like three games in a row in the yeah. NFL or whatever. Like, We can do this. You're good at what you do. I like what you did today. Was and- Kyle an assistant when John Lynch was playing for the Bucks? Oh, let's see. No, you know what? I think John left to Denver and went to with Mike in Denver. John, mm. I was only there with John one year. My second year, John was off the team. Yeah, John went to Denver my second year, and he was Man. pissed about it. And that's when Kyle came in. Yeah, and, it, and oddly enough, John used to M, you know MF Bruce Allen, the GM of the Redskins. Why? Because he was our GM with Tampa. And I remember one of the last things John said to me before he left to Denver uh, is that he goes, "Man." He goes, every time I pop, tape up a box, I go, fucking Bruce Allen. <laughs> That's amazing. Right. Well, I mean, Bruce Allen coming out there and calling him Kurt Cousins and putting out all that stuff on blast. It's just unbelievable. The guy continues to just do things well, that it, make And then the Steelers kind of subliminally, subliminally trying to put out Le'Veon's contract yeah. offer. Like, there again, here we are. They're going to get mad when the player's disgruntled, but they're allowed to do whatever they want on their end. Kyle right. did a great job of answering the Washington front office question without actually answering he said, it. He said For some very... reason, they just don't get things done there. It's yeah. just hard to get yeah. things done. It was well done. All right, so, uh-oh, big offseason. Uh-oh, uh, a former team legend using a big adjective about a player. You know that gets fans excited. Mark Bavaro told the New York Post, Evan Ingram is unbelievable. Uh, here's a quote, though, that if you just look at quotes in the words, it's funny. 
I don't know what he's going to look like in pads and playing football, but he can move, he can run, and he can catch. Ooh, he can I run and catch, I fucking huh? hope so. <laughs> and he can move. And I don't know what he's going to look like playing football. But all signs, there, there's something weird about the Giants with Bavaro. Even though Shockey was on the team as a first-round uh, dra- draft pick, yeah. everyone still brings up Bavaro yeah. as the tight end for the Giants. He was. I mean, he was my dad's go-to target. He was certainly my dad's most talented target he ever played with. He was, you know, Gronk-ish. I'm not surprised he's impressed with Ingram, though. No. I mean, the speed of this kid alone, that that's not a Bavaro tight end. Uh, no, he is certainly not. I mean, at 234 pounds, Evan Ingram, first of all, is quick as is a lot of the great slot receivers we have in the NFL, and his top-end speed is legit as well. So if he gets two split safeties, he's going to be able to run right down the middle of the field and run past any linebacker in football. The thing that I think Bavaro is probably impressed with too, and when you really watch Evan Ingram, like, no, is he going to, like, dominate, right. you know, a, a Connor Barwin on the end of the line of scrimmage in the run game? No, but he's not the type that's going to wuss out of he's it. He's not a Jay Samaro. He's going to give it at all. Mm. He is. He's going to put his body into it. He's going to throw his body around. You know, there's just going to be certain times he's not going to be able to match up and do it. So, uh-oh, big offseason is, that's good news. Oh, no, it was a big offseason. This uh, is when there was a crucial offseason and you mess it up. Uh, I'm walking around the office today, and I get a uh, an alert on my BR app, which I highly recommend that everyone downloads, uh, because I get alerts that say, Dante Fowler arrested for simple battery and mischief after allegedly throwing a man's groceries in a lake. And I laughed out loud and went, that's ready for the podcast. <laughs> so thank you, BR app. Uh, but yeah, uh, Dante Road Fowler. rage. Uh, yeah, apparently the guy said he was bad driving, took his grocery bag full of newly bought liquor. It's my favorite part of the story. Threw it in the lake, Threw right? Threw it in the lake. Took his glasses off, and I really broke them as well, right? Yeah, to which Tom Coughlin replied, how far did he throw it? Because uh, we might have a quarterback competition. <laughs> uh, yeah, but Dante Fowler, tough. Man, it's... Um I hate to see these young guys be in these little situations like this. I, yeah, I also don't know. I always say I don't know what happens in these situations, so I don't want to blame the no, guy. No, but he also had an, it's coming out that he had another arrest that they didn't talk that no one knew about a few Aren't months those ago. The best. So. All right, let's do Sims raw reaction. I'm going to show you something that I don't think you've seen before. I have one raw reaction to something too that we got to talk about. That's my own. All right, here is Geno Smith. Just working out in the offseason. Sims is shaking his head. His eyes are bulging. Gino is looking jacked. Let me show you more pictures of Gino Smith. Here's Gino throwing with his shirt off. Here's Gino in full motion. Here's Gino throwing it again. What is your raw reaction to Gino? One, it's about time. Okay. Because Gino always had a little bit of a tire. He was on a the skinny side. fat guy. A little bit of it. So I'm expecting. Geno Smith to be the backup quarterback for the Giants this year. I know they have Davis Webb, but he's young and so yeah. raw. I think Geno Smith has turned the corner in his life. I what really do. do. What are you hearing? Well, I don't. I don't hear. I know he he's been working out with the Sims family a lot. Where uh, the whole in the spring? You? Not me, but you know my Big brother Phil? and dad. And he's been around them for cer- certainly. And when De- when Matt has throwing sessions and gets some of his old high school teammates, or whatever, to throw the ball. Yeah, Geno comes over and they throw together. How's he looking? They've. My dad and Matt have raved about Gino. Have they worked with him before? Yes. Did they not rave this much before? They just, I think they, the thing, they realize like he's going all in. He's finally wow. realized like, oh, I got to go all in here. And it's all day, every day, dedication to his body, 
understanding the throwing motion better, all those things. Uh, but I think Geno Smith is going to impress some people in the preseason this year. I'll be shocked. I do feel like we've talked about the story before about Geno looking good in the offseason. Yeah, it's been around. But I'm rooting for him. Well, I know, but this actually, like, I'm just talking about physically with his shirt off. Like, yeah, he, describe he would it. never do this, like, three years ago. Never. He'd, he'd be like He's me about He's jacked it. right here. And this is not just, like, fake jacked, too. That's like, you could see the striations in his shoulder and stuff. Yeah. Like, He's, uh, what do you think of the legs? The legs are pretty good. They're not bad. Good. So we're officially yeah. five weeks away from week three of the preseason, where Eli throws a pick in the first quarter, and then the New York Post comes out with the Geno Eli uh, no, that front ain't page happening. the next day. That ain't happening. Uh, next on Sims Raw reactions, uh, Terrence Williams shirtless in a strip club foot race. Oh yeah, that's right. That TMZ Arrow song sound is on Terrence Williams. This is outside of a strip club in Dallas at five a.m. Going back to our conversation on Monday, what is going on in Dallas all the time? Apparently it's strip clubs, as you can see, on your marks, get set, go. And Who he burns he them off some another patron at the strip club that they had gotten into an argument about. I mean, is he kidding me? What is wrong with everybody in the public world right now? I mean, what is wrong with everybody? You weren't racing people outside strip clubs. No, let alone NFL wide receivers and tell them I can beat them. Or getting out of a car with an NFL linebacker and going, you're a bad driver. And or then throwing his liquor in the Getting Ezekiel lake. Elliott's face at a bar and saying stuff to him. I, Ezekiel might be wrong. I'm not defending oh, your, him. Oh, your thing is not the athlete. You're saying, why are these people challenging wide receivers to foot races in strip clubs? Everybody, I'm telling you, social media, everybody thinks they know everything now, right? Just like I was talking about with the whole environment. Show. They're all approachable. Everybody knows everything now. Everybody's an expert. I read an article. So you're not upset at Terrence Williams foot racing oh, outside of a strip club? That's stupid. I'm glad he stepped up to the plate and shut the guy up. I mean, he was obviously probably had some liquid courage involved. Because you know that the tweets were, at 5 a.m. you should be studying your playbook. At 5 a.m. you should be sleeping, getting ready to improve your fantasy stats. Yeah, that's what I mean. Everybody's a judge, too. They're going to tell him how to professionally run So you don't, have, you don't have a problem with dudes no, at the strip club at 5 a.m.? This is the last three weeks of freedom. I just hate freedom. strip clubs. Yeah, I, I don't get it either. I mean, it's... I don't want to spend my money to get teased. I don't get it. Yeah, I don't either. I used to ask the girls to give me a massage instead of the lap dance. I have been to strip clubs oh, with my friends, and some of my friends. I've like mastered it. They're like, I told that stripper that I have a a, a penthouse in Tribeca, and I was like, I told her the truth that I had a rough day, and I ended up having to buy her a drink, and I got nothing. Like I can't do the lying thing, and I don't like it. I feel really gross. I used to spend a lot of time in strip clubs, a lot. In Tampa days, that is like if I was going to go meet some of my friends and uh, to watch Monday Night Football. We were going to go to a strip club, and but, you you were focused on the game. I mean, I might have looked to see some m- m- like female parts at times, but there was game, Very good. and then they had You're still in bounds. Thank you, <laughs> female parts, game, and then like they had you know it was like a restaurant too, so you could like eat steak. Time and out. I told you guys. So Sims is the biggest germaphobe ever, and he's telling me that he's eaten in a strip club. You have eaten the same food for two years, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. You wash your hands more than anybody. If your kid dropped a fork on the ground and he picked it up, you'd smack it out of his mitts. And you're telling me that you're eating about 16 feet from where a twerk is going down? Get out of here. Yes. I mean, they're not twerking on my dinner tape, like table and on my dinner plate. They're not like rubbing air news. You're telling me like air like, it's, it's no. all passing. Well, listen, I was young at that time, too. All right, guys, we've had a very appropriate conversation here. I would say it's let's move on going. before it gets ugly. Uh, I'm not going to show you this MMA guy vomiting in the ring. Oh, wait. This is what I want to get to. This is it? No, this is what I want to get to, though. MMA, you, UFC. You don't want to see these two big guys fighting in the ring? That is disgusting, both of them. 
It's on uh, Flow Combat, and one of them just vomits. But here, let's see what your MMA thing is. My MMA thing, or UFC thing right now, is have you seen the movie The Great White Hope? Because I'm living it right now. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've really, like, have you ever seen The Great White Hope with uh, with, uh, Samuel L. Jackson? How they they made someone seem like they were a great fighter only to get white people excited, and then they get their ass kicked. And then they get knocked out like the second punch. McGregor. It, I mean, it is. I mean, I'm not. I'm a sucker. I'm buying it. I get it. I read something today that it would be an absolute travesty in Vegas if McGregor were to somehow win. But it just there's so much dumb money. I heard someone say this is Squaresville. This fight that all the people that don't know what they're doing are putting all of their money on McGregor. And and I, but it's not changing the line because Vegas doesn't want to make it any better for Floyd because it's so obvious. Man. Didn't they? You, know, you believe the rumor that he got knocked out in oh sparring yesterday? I mean, I, I, I wouldn't, I would not believe it. No, I don't know, man. But I just feel like that's. I, I thought about it. I was talking about this with my brother the other night. And he's like, "Yeah, you know what? This is like the Great White Hope." And yeah. I was like, "Oh my gosh!" Or it was I, the Great White Hype. What was Great it? White Hype? hype right? I am really excited for their entrances in the ring, but after that, I'm just gonna be the one in the bar going, "This is stupid." <laughs> uh, Twitter, what do you got? Twitter. All right, so here we go. First question from Soren Arhet. I don't even know how to pronounce that. If you put current Brady and Manning's minds in the body of a meh 18-year-old human male, what level of success would they have in college and then the NFL? So, so meh just, 18-year-old, Brady Manning brain. What's a meh? Like an average athlete. Okay, okay. But you take Brady or Manning's mind right. and plop it into their head. Okay. Good sound effect. You know... Okay, there's there's two things. I mean, yeah, of course it's going to improve this. What is this? The phrase? Meh, meh. meh. Okay, <laughs> that's what I call my mom. Meh. Uh, but <laughs> so, yes, would it improve them? Sure. Is it going to make them an NFL quarterback? No. There's been smarter people than Peyton Manning and Tom Brady in the in the athletic world. Like these are the. This is where it annoys me with Brady and Manning. People don't give them enough respect for their physical ability. Peyton Manning, when he was in his prime, was 6'6", running around the field, good enough, throwing the ball on the run. But, yeah, when he was in the pocket, he can make every throw possible, you know, whatever yeah. it was. And, and Brady's argument against still Brady, town. everyone's going to pull up the combine photo. Yes. Well, but, right. Yeah. Oh, okay, right. And, and that's Brady's fault. Like, we've talked about that. I mean, he's allowed to work out before the combine last yeah. time I checked. But, yeah, I, you know, just because of their minds, it doesn't – it's their mind – their mind physic physical ability combination and their body to react with their mind. Right. And like we always say, size is a skill. It's another thing we always forget about quarterback. It's the fact that Peyton Manning's six six. He had the team list him at six five because he didn't like the way it looked when he was six six. That's how much of a micromanager. And then Brady, if people saw Brady, they would go, damn, he's a lot bigger than I thought. He's yeah. long as hell. He's got long levers and he could still throw it. Next question from Dan at Depone forty four. Sims would you rather ride on the back of a tandem bicycle around New York City with Fendrick or on the back of a jet ski with Lefko on a quiet lake? Oh, definitely the tandem bicycle with my you, man. buddy. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Appreciate first of you. all, That's on the bullshit. jet ski, I'm going to have to squeeze my arms around Right, you got to hold his love handles. Like, get whoa, out of here. Whoa, whoa, whoa. We're That's gross. And then, 
Adam breaks the submarine rule all the time, right? I mean, the door closes here in the studio, and he passes <laughs> gas, and that's the submarine rule. You want me farting on the So I don't skin? want your wet fart between my balls, okay? Sorry, that's why I'm not doing that one. <laughs> <laughs> all right, good answer. Uh, you know what? You know what? Valid. 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 All right, and I'm going to say, before I even ask this last question from Twitter, this question is a prime candidate to be edited out of the podcast. Okay, so let's if, be careful. If, Very if there's excited. A, if there's an awkward edit here, listeners, you Can know I why. Can I just say, it's hot as hell in here. It is hot. so hot. And... I feel like I lost 10 teeth this morning. You okay. did. I did. Oh, shit. <laughs> okay, go ahead. You're doing All right. great. Jordan, at Jordan underscore D-U-F-C. In your lifetime, would you rather never have sex again or never watch another game of football? Hashtag oh. Sims and Left Go Pod. He literally doesn't know. That's the oh. Sim face Sims where he like legitimately to has to think about it. Never sex again or never You're snipped football? and you have two kids. Yeah. But I know you're a perv. I am. <laughs> football is your life. Yes. I mean, I don't Gosh. even know if you can have a job if you can't watch football. I know. That'd be really issue. I might not have a wife either, though. You're <laughs> she might be, be glad about the money I'm bringing so home. You're, she's like, you're, you're not e- giving me anything else. You're babe. either a eunuch or you got to figure out a new career. Oh, man, that's a real serious. If I was going to answer it seriously to death, I guess I'd have to say no football. Oh, no football. Sims without football. Man, I don't, know I don't even I'd know be. if people are going to find you attractive. I'd anymore. have to find baseball. <laughs> Or basketball. <laughs> Damn, but no. Yeah, I don't know if I question. can do that. It is that is a, a good really question. Good I'm question. giving up football, too. Yeah. Yeah, I can. I'll figure out something You'll else. You'll figure out something else. NBA is skewing younger in the demo. Netflix is always available. Uh, I'm, I'm hearing that eSports is picking up. Very big. All right, let me run through iTunes. Uh, I, I want to give a quick shout-out. We have so many new five-star reviews. It is getting crazy. We have 182 right now. I want to give a shout-out to Josiah Dean, uh, Killer Craig 22 saying the 50-cent story was hilarious. Jay Bentley 8 saying we always keep it real. You guys are great. We do have some corrections. Mike B 8830 says it's a great show, but when we were talking about teams that nobody saw coming, he said we missed the Mavericks that year oh, with the Heat, obviously. Yes, we did. You're right. Uh, Tommy Goff saying that 122 was the best show we've ever done. Pew was great. Disappointed, though, in episode 121 when we brought up the 300 touchdowns that we didn't talk about Philip Rivers. Was there an East Coast bias? No. I was just bringing up the really famous guys like Elway and Manning to right. kind of show where Aaron Rodgers was. Right. Philip Rivers, obviously, an amazing career. He's the man. Uh, Jay Dizzy listens every episode for the last year. What up, Dizzy? His one issue is that Odell is our god. Uh, he said that, uh, you know, what about him losing games, the drop in the end zones and on third downs? His big Big issue is Antonio Browns had the most yards on a go route, and Sims immediately said, oh yeah, well he's at the best deep thrower in the game, like Antonio has no credit, please show my man more love. Right, oh, I, I, I know, I probably do, people probably do think I don't like always give Antonio Brown all the credit he deserves, because I think sometimes I just, I get annoyed that people think he is the best receiver in football, I don't think that, uh, you know, I just don't think you can be, first of all, at that size, yes, his speed is phenomenal, his quickness is I shouldn't say his speed is phenomenal. His speed is really good. His quickness is phenomenal. His change of he's an awesome receiver. Yes, he's awesome. I just don't think he is in the Odell, the Odell Julio Jones, AJ Green class of receiver. That's just my honest opinion. Your main I thing still think is he's amazing. your main thing is if I have Odell or Julio Jones, I can call and that's a one on one do or die situation. Every route on the tree is available. Yes. Where with Antonio Brown, some of the deeper routes at this point of his career. Not available to you anymore. No, and 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 really, I mean, 
yes, he runs deep routes, but it's just in a different way than Odell Beckham Jr. I mean, so much of what they do is is game-planned and creative offensively right. through their schemes, formation. So they set things up to where he can get open downfield, where Odell might just run straight go five plays in a row, and they go, you know that sixth one, we might look at you, okay? Yeah. Here you go. All you got to do, we do talk about too much Odell. I understand that. But we also hate like guys that get too much hate for no reason. Right. So that's why we're sticking up for him. Right. And the other thing I'll say to this, if you like Odell Beckham Jr., just type in his name, go to Wikipedia, and look Wikipedia. <laughs> Wikipedia? That's what I call it. Um, and look at all this, the, the history. Look you, at the you bottom. Said that before. Yeah, okay. I mean, yeah. he, the guy is on pace to break every record ever. Nobody has done what he's done in the first three years mm. of football. Nobody. He's he's doing monumental things, but people don't want to hear it because of his actions, I guess. All right, we're going to do some quick take questions. Sims, you get 10 seconds to answer these five-star iTunes comments. Again, if you leave a five-star review and a comment, I will make sure we get to it. First one up from Seathan Ader calls our podcast a must-listen. Sims, I'm a Denver native, but I can't stand Broncos fans. What is your opinion of the fan base? Oh, 10 seconds. Yeah, a little annoying. I would agree, yes. Uh, I mean, when I was there, I mean, you know, they wanted Mike Shanahan out. He won two Super Bowls. They got Josh McDess. They didn't like Troy Tulowitzki at shortstop either. You know, they weren't happy seconds. with anything. Thank Great you. job. Up your butt. Uh, Chad, Connor, Kyle, Luke. Similar to the home run derby contestants picking their pitcher, who would Sims pick to be his receiver in a long ball touchdown competition? Ten seconds, go. Long ball, Brandon Marshall. That's it. Why? Bam. Bam. Because he's big and he can jump high. <laughs> he can catch. And he's got a huge radius, so I could just be off by five Great. yards and he's still going to catch it. This one is J-U-U at Jugs-V-G-B-B-J. That's what his name is. Our podcast deserves 10 stars because now it's twice a week. Social media presence. Do you think people would be more positive of the league if the NFL was more accessible than the N- like the NBA? Yes, I do. I think that the NFL needs to do a better job of letting everybody in the world in on some of these players, except for the, just the big quarterbacks and Odell Beckham Jr. Ten seconds. All right. Oh. Abe Vigoda, COU, he said he follows us religiously. Can the Raiders pull Megatron out of retirement? Go. No. I don't think they can. No, they can't. You don't need them either. What, what they? You don't need Megatron. They got enough receivers. You're good on the offensive side of the ball. Raiders are the Super Bowl contender. All right, Detroit Jared with Stafford. Speaking of the the Lions, mm-hmm. with Stafford set to break the bank, how far away are the Lions from truly competing? And where do you rank Stafford? Oh, Stafford's definitely one of the three best quarterbacks in football three? right now. Yeah, I think so. He's three. Ba- I think he was. Yeah, he's three. It would go. It would go. Rodgers, Brady, Matthew Stafford. That would be my top three quarterbacks in football. Derek Carr, Russell Wilson. I took Matthew Stafford. I put it out of my quarterback ben rankings. If taking Matthew Stafford, he's better than all of them. Yes. Wow. Right, right now, we should probably publicize that opinion. Yeah. I put it on the quarterback rankings a few weeks ago. But wait, yeah. so Brady is a top five quarterback? All I, right. Next question. Yes. Uh, next wait, question. Wait, the Lions are close, though. Yeah. The you Lions, see them as a possible Super Bowl contender. I really do. Yes. They're my pick to win the North. Offensive line help. They got it going. Let's go. Uh, yeah, muffins. Relatively new listener. What is your take on JJ Watt? <laughs> JJ. I mean, I like JJ Watt. Is he a cheese ball to a degree? Yes. But I mean, superstar. One of the best defense. Guaranteed Hall of Famer, one of the best defensive players we've seen in the last 10 yeah, years. Yeah, corny as fuck, but he's awesome. Yeah. All right, absurd questions. Pete underscore Elite loves our Facebook Live where we pick games. Apparently, we've won him some good bets on our an- analysis. That's good. Send us the money. If we could go back in time to watch one sporting event live, which one would you select? Oh, gosh. Um, he chose the catch. He's a Niners fan. Mm, that's a good one. I think I want to see the one where like Babe Ruth pointed his, called a shot. Mm. Fendrick, know. you got one? 
For some reason, uh, Reed walking out in the garden in the NBA Finals just popped into my head. Yeah, I feel like a, that would have been a cool that's one. That's pretty be cool. At. There's a lot. That I would want to be at the Sixers game where Julius Irving stole the ball from the Lakers and then did the rock a baby and the place exploded. That I'd like to feel that. Uh, and then no signatures, just respect. He had the really in the weeds one. I implore everyone to go to the iTunes recent comments. He This guy is just writing comments, paragraphs long, that are so in the weeds with the podcast. But he also said, Sims, Sims and Evander Holyfield go into a room who's walking out I saw Vander I interviewed him uh, on the radio a few weeks you still 10 seconding me I gotta no. talk and elaborate on this you and Vander Holyfield in a fight right now it's amazing you even have to think about it yeah you think he'd knock me out right away no I think you got a shot well you saw I him recently know. I know I still think I think he's got enough strength still there to he, fend you off well he might like just land one how many sims how many sims would it take to beat Fendrick <laughs> I mean to no, beat uh, Vander, Vander Holyfield, Holyfield. I mean, two will beat him. One and a half? Two, two? will beat him, okay. yes. yes. Uh, and then he didn't I- like the question I asked him. I, to- I asked Evander Holyfield, I go, do you really think boxing is like the, one of the big – my issue with boxing and the heavyweights is that all the good heavyweights are playing middle linebacker or, or defense end in the Ruben NFL. Ruben Foster. Right. They're all doing that now. Ray Lewis, all those guys. They'd be pure great heavyweights, but they don't do it. And I don't think he liked my – my question. He kind of brushed it off and he just said, no, there's not good young disciples. In and the, game the best iTunes five-star comment of the week. I'm going to go for this, guys. The weirder you get, the better it is. Black Lax Bro 69, which the, is the, just an incredible Black Lax Bro 69. Sims and Lefko are so white, it's hilarious. Yes. Like, I'm the only black guy on my lacrosse team, and they are whiter than all of my teammates. <laughs> it makes this podcast my favorite listen. <laughs> oh, I love it. Uh, I want to give a special shout-out to Kyle Shanahan for taking his free time and coming on the podcast. Uh, I thought he was really honest, uh, and he was super dope. And I, I'm glad we finally had him on. Good. Uh, we are going to have some cool interviews in the next few weeks. We should be doing Malik Jackson soon. I'm not sure if we're going to release that as a special. We're going to mess around with him. We got Josh McDaniels who had said yes, but I got to get cleared through Darth Vader first. And so I'm, wor- we'll see I'm working Vader on I'm working on our Superman crush, Jadavian Clowney and Matt Stafford right now. No, that would be awesome. So and I'm try also and working on Aaron Rodgers. Josh, who are you working on? I got a bunch of Rutgers guys we could call up. Right, He's right. got a big doc he's got to go off to. You're right. really working on Aaron Rodgers? I am, yeah. That'd I've been be talking. If we did Jadavian Clown Aaron Rodgers, that would be the coolest I, I've been told ever. that I'm going to get him early in training camp, but I'm not promising anybody out there yet. Okay. I was told that last spring, too. Yeah, so hit us up on the Twitter account, at Sims and Lefko, and then, of course, hit us on iTunes. Leave that five-star review and that comment. Man, Josh, it's good to have you back. Happy to be here, guys. It's hot as hell. Oh, hot as hell. Crapola. For Sims. I'm dying. Peace out, homies. For Fendrick. Good night, everybody. I am Lefko. We will holler at you later. Enjoy your week.